Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. I do some stupid things sometimes, and uh, I know that's kind of a strange way to start off a service, and maybe this is a form of confession, but last week, uh, I go to lunch with my wife and my daughter and my son-in-law, and we go to Sahiros, and I can be the kind of person that gets a little excited about food. I, I get pumped up when I, when I have food maybe I haven't had in a while, so it's been a while since I, I had sushi, and I always order the same thing when I go to Sahiros. I always get dynamite shrimp. Got to get started on my shrimp. And then I order a certain roll. And I always order this roll, and it's called the Red Ninja. <laughs> and I like the Red Ninja because it's got spicy tuna in the middle, and it's got tuna on the outside, and it's got cucumber, and it's just, it's just the perfect roll. And so when the waiter came over, he, he put down my Red Ninja, and, and I saw it, and I just got excited, and I was like, Red Ninja! But the problem was he was putting down my dynamite shrimp right as I did my karate chop. And I hit the bowl and I shot dynamite shrimp all over the floor. Now I was embarrassed and my daughter looked at me and she's like, dad, come on, really? You know, they never stop doing that to you dads. And my wife is like, and, and then I looked at my son, Eli, he's just laughing. He's just laughing at me. And so I was embarrassed, and the, the, but the waiter was so awesome. He just, he was like, hey, it's no problem. And he gets down, and he starts picking it up. I'm like, please let me help you. He's like, no, 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 we got it. And then somebody else came over and I was like, guys, I am, I'm so sorry. I feel so, so stupid. And he goes, hey, don't, no, no worries. It happens all the time. I was like, really? You get a middle-aged moron that karate chops dynamite shrimp across your floor. I don't think so. <laughs> but it was refreshing because this, this waiter, he's just laid back. He was unbothered by it. It didn't bother him a bit. And he'd cleaned up messes before, and this was probably not anything compared to some of the stuff he'd ever had to clean up. But, but he was just really cool about it. And that's what this series has been all about. How can we go through life like that? How can we go through life and things hit us, which they will, and we let those things roll off our back instead of getting stressed out by them or, or freaking out or bring, bringing others into our freak out moments. And so uh, this whole time we've been talking about what can we do to where we can walk that unbothered life. Now, the first week that we did this series, we started this off and I started off with, with things in culture that bother us and why they shouldn't. And so we talked about the economy and we talked about the fact that when we go through financial hardships, we have to understand that our economy isn't based on the world's. It's based on his glorious riches. And we read scripture about that. 
Then we talked about the immorality and deception and confusion that was going on in this world and how much that might bother us. But then we talked about the fact that it was all prophesied. These things were prophesied in scripture and, and we should know that they're coming. And then we learned a little bit how to walk through those things and be unbothered. Well, I never got through my list of all the things that bothered me. And so I decided we need to do a part two, a part two of the things in life in current events, especially that bother us or that we tend to freak out about. And there are a lot of things that can bother us right now. You think back when you watch the news during uh, 2020 to 2022, what was always the lead story? What was the lead story? The coronavirus, the coronavirus, how it was spreading, how many people it was killing, if it was uh, going to be, if, if the numbers were going to go up, if the numbers were going to go down. And they talked about bell curves and they talked about vaccines. And that was pretty much, we were so inundated with that for those two years. So it was super, super common in culture to be bothered by all that was going on. But now you turn on the news and what is always the lead story? Think about that. It's the war in Ukraine, right? It's, it's the Ukrainian-Russian war. It leads the story and if it's, it leads the news. And if it's not that particular war, then they're talking about the possibility of the Chinese, uh, Chinese invading Taiwan. So that's like the second thing. So those are the two things that they are hitting on the most right now. Now understand this about, about the meeting. You, you do understand that they are, they're talking about subjects that will get people to tune in, to get their ratings up and to, uh, to get advertisers that will bring them money. That's, that's the way that that is all generated. And they will basically shine the light on narratives. Sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not, and sometimes maybe the truth is in the middle, but they'll shine a light on a narrative that will get the most viewership. That's just what they do. And during those years of 2000 to 2022, it was coronavirus, and now it seems to be war and the thoughts of war and the things that are happening around the world. And it's all Ukraine and it's all Russia and it's all China and it's all Taiwan. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that there's wars happening all around the world right now. You may not have known that. In fact, I want you to take a look at this map. As of right now, there are actually three major wars happening in the world, shown above in dark red. Now, a major war is a war that has 10,000 or more combat-related deaths in, within a year. So that is what makes a major war. Besides the three major wars that are happening right now, there are 17 other wars going on, and those are represented in red. Those have 1,000 to 9,999 9 combat-related deaths. Then there are 21 conflicts shown in orange with 100 to 999 related deaths and 16 skirmishes or clashes shown in yellow, which are fewer than 100 deaths annually. What you'll notice here is that on our southern border, our neighbors are having a war, a drug war that started in 2006, and 69,000 people have been killed in that drug war. The war in the northern part of South America, in Colombia and Venezuela and Ecuador, has been going on since 1964, and it's killed almost a half a million people. So there are wars going on all around the world that nobody ever even talks about. Now, you might be saying to yourself, hey, you're supposed to be making me feel better about all this. You're supposed to be helping me be, be unbothered. You're not supposed to make me feel worse. Well, I'm getting to that part. It's coming, okay? 
the truth is, is that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, talks about what is happening right now. He says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 8, later, later Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Well, moms, what can you tell us about birth pains? First of all, it means it's a sign that a baby is on its way, right? You go into labor, you start having contractions, and you know that the baby is coming. These are the signs that are happening in the world today that are birth pains that Jesus is coming. The second thing that you would say is that the closer you get to the birth, the more common the birth pains are. The closer to the second coming of Christ, the more common these things will become. And then thirdly, you would say, the closer you get to birth, the more intense the pain becomes. The closer to the second coming of Christ, the bigger and more costly the wars will become. These signs of wars and rumors of wars, natural catastrophes, famines, and the KJV even adds pestilence, which is disease, are birth pains. And like birth pains, they will get worse, but Christians should be unbothered. Why? How? With all the things that are going on, how can this make, how can we walk as Christians being unbothered? Well, first, it's because God is faithful to us. He's faithful to us. He's always taken care of us. Matthew 6, 25 says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everybody, everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all the worries add a single moment to your life? I heard a study not too long ago where physicians uh, looked at the, the, the effects of stress and worry on the human body. And what they determined is the more stressful uh, or the more stress and worry you have in your life, the shorter your lifespan is. So when you worry about something, it could be taking seconds off the end of your life. Now, when I learned that, I was like, man, I got I to gotta watch that. Because I, I can tend to worry. I can tend to get upset and, and have sleepless nights. But here's the thing. The thing that you're worried about today, number one, is it worth taking a second off the end of your life? And will you even remember it tomorrow? Well, maybe you'll remember it tomorrow, but will you remember it the next week? Well, you might recall you were stressed about something. Oh, yeah, that's what it was last week. But can any of you right now think about a year ago today and what you were stressed about then? No. No, because God is faithful. 
because God brings us through things. He takes care of us and nothing is worth all of that worry. Verse 28 says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, he says. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Okay, unbelievers need to worry about those things, but we don't have to because your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Okay, so God's got us. The second reason we don't need to worry about it is because when you have birth pains, it's a sign that something great is coming, right? As hard as labor is, there is an excitement because a new birth is happening in your family. And these birth pains should make Christians excited because it means it won't be long before we are with Jesus. Now, I remember when we had our first baby. Uh, 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 Lindsay uh, came about five years after we started here at Fellowship Church. And, and I remember uh, Rebecca coming to church and every week they're, they're checking on her. They're seeing how, how she's doing and they always want to fill her belly. Let me just tell you something, guys. Uh, pregnant girls don't like that. So stay away from feeling their belly, okay? It's not like a watermelon. You can't thump it and see if it's done yet. Just leave them, leave them alone. But in their situation, everybody was excited. They were excited. I was excited. We were all excited. We couldn't wait for her to have this baby. And, and she had some false labor. And when the false labor would come, we would be like, oh, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? But when labor actually comes, you know. And so even though she was in pain and she, she had a pretty tough pregnancy with, with Lindsay, there was an excitement because we knew there was going to be a new birth. There is going to be this precious baby come into the world. And that's what we have to remember with these birth pains. Jesus is coming. There's something to be excited about. Which leads to the next point. People are also really worried about the end of the world. They are. People are freaked out because they think the end of the world is coming. And, and they're right. They're right. Now you once again might say, wait a second. I thought you were supposed to be making me feel better about all this. I thought you were supposed to make me unbothered thinking about the end of the world. I'll get to that. It's coming. But tribulation is coming. It was prophesied. There will be seven years of tribulation on this earth, and it's going to be awful. Around 1.5 billion people will die by the time the fourth seal judgment is opened. And we can read about that in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 7. And I'm not going to go into all the details of what's going to happen in the tribulation. There's a lot. And we don't have time. But if you want to start understanding what's going to happen during those seven years of tribulation, read in Revelation chapter 6 through 11. 
Chapters 6 through 11 will walk you through what is going to happen during those seven years. Now, if you have more curiosity about signs and rapture and the things that are going to happen and what we have to look forward to, we have an incredible series. You can grab it in the bookstore. It's called Signs. A lot of you guys have done that before. It's a seven-week series where you can go through. You can watch it, a, a digital copy or a DVD. It comes with a workbook. But that will really, really help you understand what is going on in this timeline and where we sit in the timeline and why we have so much to be excited for. But for the us, for us, those that believe, we're not going to be here for the end of the world. We're not going to be here for tribulation. And we know that because Jesus told us in Luke chapter 17, verse 26, he's, the Bible says, when the son of man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. So he says, it's like in the days of Noah. You've studied about that, you disciples, you, you, you've read about that. And in those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So it's going to be like the days before the flood and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It will be business as usual. And then with a within a twinkling of an eye, which is one fortieth of a second, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 52, God will rescue those that believe in him. In those situations with Noah and with Lot and his family, God removed them. He removed the righteous remnant so he could judge those that were guilty. He took the innocent out. Now understand, we, are, we, we, we aren't innocent. We have all kinds of sin in our life. We've messed up. But Jesus' blood protects us from that sin. And we will be removed before tribulation comes and the destruction of the world as we know it. This shows that the rapture cannot happen in the middle of the tribulation, as many people believe. Many people believe that the rapture will happen three and a half years in. And it also means that it can't happen at the end of the tribulation because during the tribulation, it will not be business as usual. It will be hell on earth. And the truth is that rapture can happen at any time. Now, what's that gonna look like? Well, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. So this is one of the reasons why many scholars believe that this particular event, this rapture, which is the next major prophetic event that's going to happen in the timeline, that that's going to happen around the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets is a festival, and it's a festival, it's one of the festivals that hasn't had a fulfillment yet like the other ones. It's the next unfulfilled festival when it comes to the prophetic. And what will happen, in, in, what happens each year during the Feast of Trumpets, and it's in September this year, and what happens is they come out and they blow the shofar. They, they do that as a form of worship. And so it's talking about blowing this trumpet. And the Bible says there's going to be a trumpet blast. And so a lot of people believe that it's going to happen somewhere around the Feast of Trumpets. Then the scripture says a trumpet, trumpet will, uh, uh, call, uh, uh, will call from God. And first the believers who, will, who have died will rise from their graves. 
So everybody that knew Jesus that has died, their bodies will be raised from the dead. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So when it comes to thinking about the end of the world, we as Christians should be unbothered. Because God gave us scripture to tell us what we're gonna, what's going to happen before it happens. An incredible gift. So there's issues. There's, there's things that can bother us, that can make us worry. But in those two situations, scripture shows us God has us. He's shown us what's going to happen. But here's another one. Here's another one. If it's not the Ukraine war, if it's not China, then it has to do with something about the planet. Right? People are very concerned about the planet, pollution, global warming, the killing of the rainforest, species of animals that are going extinct. And those are bad things. But here's the truth. We need to be good stewards of what the Lord has blessed us with. We do. We need to do our part in being mature and responsible when it comes to taking care of our, the resources God has given us. We should do that. But we have read the end of the book and we know that the world is not gonna be destroyed by pollution or global warming like so many of us want us to believe. It's a narrative, okay? It's a narrative. And if a narrative that you hear causes fear in you, you know that's not from the Lord. So if you're watching news or you're reading magazines or you're reading blogs and it causes you to be fearful, you probably need to cut back on that because God did not come and did not give you a spirit of fear. He wants to give you peace. So we have to be careful. If you want to see what's going to happen to this earth, what's going to happen in the future, once again, you need to read the book of Revelation and it will tell you exactly. But this is our future. This is our future, and it's written in Revelation chapter 21. The Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Love this part. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. There's going to be a new earth. There's going to be a new heaven. It's not going to be what, what we have, have polluted through the years. It's not going to be this decaying earth that we're on now. It's going to be new. He says, look, I'm making everything new. And then he said to me, and this is, of course, God talking to John, and then John writing it out. Write this down, God says. For what I tell you, is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. It is finished. So the last words of Jesus are repeated by the last, some of the, by God and are some of the last words that are written in the Bible. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. That's our future. That's our future. And because we have this gift, which is scripture, that tells us the end of the story, why are we bothered? Why do we stress? Why do we worry? Because the enemy wants you to. We have the privilege to know what's coming. And because we know what's coming, there's no reason for us to feel those things. In fact, we should be able to walk the unbothered life. So would you bow with me this morning? I pray, Lord God, right now, that your spirit would fill us to overflowing. That you would bind up any evil spirit of fear of the future, bind up an evil spirit that would cause us to be fearful in any way. And that you'd cast it out of us. You'd cast it away from us. I pray that in Jesus' name. And I pray that as you do that, you would replace it. Replace it with a peace that passes all understanding. Help us to be reminded that you have us. We have a record with you. Of all of the prophecies in scripture, they've all come true except for the ones that haven't been revealed yet. You've been right 100% of the time. Why would you be wrong on this one, God? Well, you aren't. You aren't. I pray, Lord, when the devil tries to come, up, come against us with feelings of fear, that you would remind us of the truth. You would unveil that truth in our minds and that we would know that you have us. Help us, Lord, to make a switch in our life to where we're reading the truth more than we're listening to the media or narratives we would expose our mind to your scripture, which is always correct and always true. Helps to deprogram our mind from believing the lies. And we'll praise you for it, God. So as we walk from this place, I pray, Lord, that you'd also remind us of who we know that doesn't know you. And you give us an opportunity to tell them about you. You would give us the words, you would give us the boldness, you would soften their hearts. Because Lord, we want everybody to be able to go to heaven. That's your desire. Your, your desire is that all men would be saved. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be your disciples, fulfilling your great commission. And we would do our part to tell others about you. We don't want people to have to face the tribulation before they turn to you, Lord. We want them to, want them to be with us in that seven-year wedding party that as believers we'd be a part of. We love you, God. We thank you for our hope. We thank you for our future. It only comes from you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Don't miss part four of Unbothered next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. 
If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.